Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the CS School podcast. My name's Grace Gupta, and I'm the copywriter here at Customer Success Collective. The objective of this podcast is to speak with CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest topics in customer success by stripping them back to basics and discovering how best to apply these strategies. Now today, I am delighted to be joined by Melanie Moshi, Customer Success Manager at Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper is a cloud-based contract and vendor management solution designed to help businesses drive the maximum value from their contracts and supplier relationships. Thank you for joining me today, Mel. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks, Grace. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's fantastic to have you on. Um, so you've been someone who's uh, obviously contributed to the content on CSE, so it's great that we have got, mm-hmm. we've got you on the pod. Um, <laughs> so for all of our listeners, um, could you tell us a little bit about your customer success journey so far and re- really about more about your role at Gatekeeper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's, it's been an interesting journey, I think, like a lot of CSMs out there. I have a very unique background and I've already switched industries (laughs) a couple of times. I actually started out in a chemistry lab um, doing environmental testing. And when I was there, I quickly realized, you know, that my favorite part of the job is just working with people and developing those relationships. So from there, I I pivoted and I became an account manager for an an environmental services firm. And I was always wanting to get into tech. That was definitely my end goal. Um, And, you know, it took a little bit of time. It took a, a concentrated effort, but once I got there, you know, I, I've never looked back. Um, I love being a CSM and I love working in SaaS. I've been a CSM now for about four years. And I think one of my favorite things about it is that, you know, I'm still just able to learn every day. I'm still learning. I'm still improving myself and just consistently leveling up my skills and, and learning new things. So for me, that's really fulfilling and, and honestly, just a lot of fun. But yeah, that's, that's, that's my background. That's my journey. As for my current role today, um, I work for a company called Gatekeeper, and we have a software that helps our clients manage their contracts and vendor relationships. Now, to some people, that may sound a bit boring, <laughs> but I think it's actually really interesting, and I, and I get to learn a lot. Um, and I just consider myself really fortunate. I've been a CSM for two separate companies now, both with great female leaders and a strong culture of having customer success, not just as a single department but really organization-wide. It, it's a true focus. So I think that's exactly where you want to be as a CSM. And, you know, I've been really lucky in that regard. Oh, that sounds great. Thank you. It's, and I absolutely love talking to people who have highlights, you know, like you said, you, you were in a, pre, in a previous role and you just knew what it was about that role you liked and you took and you found it mm-hmm. and you've ended up in customer success. And I just love hearing stories about that because I think it really sort of is a testament to how like, how custom success really is based on like all these sort of interdisciplinary interdisciplinary yeah. skills and yeah. uh, it's just lovely to hear yeah totally. it's great when people find their passion this way yeah because it's not you know it's not there's not a you don't you know you, you don't hear about it in school do you like oh you know things might be changing now but definitely oh, back yeah, in the sure. day I mean I thought there was I literally only thought there was two roles at a at a tech company and that was a coder and sales <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> so I thought I had to go into sales. And luckily, someone told me they were like, hey, like, you know about this, you would, you'd be good for it. So um, yeah, I was fortunate in that sense. But I love the fact that I love being on a team that people have come from diverse backgrounds, they didn't necessarily just wanted to be a CSM from day one, they have this different experience. And I also think CSM teams are awesome, because, you know, I have a, a, a certain type of personality as a CSM. 
but someone on my team can have a totally different, you know, personality, a different way they approach things. And we can both be great CSMs in our own regard. I think that's really cool. And, and something that's a little bit unique to the CSM world as well. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I think, um, what I really, I'm really excited to have you on the pod because our subject today is about creating a customer success plan. Yeah. And this is something that I've been really keen to dive on, dive into, uh, you know, for our content on Customer Success Collective. So I'm really, really mm-hmm. glad you've come on to discuss this. Um, so would you be able to tell me a few things for our listeners who, you know, maybe mm-hmm. just starting out and might not even know what a customer success plan is, or, you know, they might have heard yep. of it, but, you know, they're actually like, it's one of those things like we all do, like, oh, no, I've heard about that. I'm like, actually, what, you know, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> we've, uh, we've all had those. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know, would you be able to tell me, for, you know, for you, what's a, you know, what's a customer success plan? You know, mm-hmm. why are they important? And really, like, I think it's the important, what value do they bring to the, the customer relationship? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was a CSM for a little while before I really started utilizing them. I think success plans, it can be something that beginner CSMs, you know, incorporate into their toolbox or, or things that they use. But even the most advanced CSMs, I think, will use them on a regular basis. So, you know, I really like to think of these success plans as a tool. Um, it, you know, it's a tool in my toolbox because I don't use it for every client or for every situation, but it can be extremely valuable when I see the need for it. And so when I was first, you know, getting acquainted with success plans and I, I wanted to start utilizing them, um, I really just used them when I had a large project or an initiative that I was working on with a client. An example was um, I had a client and they just purchased multiple new modules and they wanted to roll out training to all their end users by the end of Q3. And this was a big deal for me. I had a lot of skin in the game. I really wanted to make sure it was successful. So I thought, okay, this is the perfect opportunity. We'll bring in a success plan to really just ensure that everything goes well and we do see a lot of success. And essentially, um, the situation presented a great opportunity for the success plan to do four things. We get to identify their goals and exactly what they want to do, just to make sure everything is clear and we're on the same page. And it allows us to prioritize what's really important to them. We're going to set measurable goals that we can revisit. And then we can track our progress throughout. So it's a little, that was a little bit more project managing, um, but it, it worked really well. <laughs> it was a big success. It was a big win for me early in my career. And I really owe, I think, a lot of the success to having that success plan, keeping us on track. So that's, that's where I started from, you know, as more of a beginner. Now today it's, it's a little bit different and that this is thanks to the encouragement of my manager where she wanted me to be utilizing success plans, not just for those projects, but really for the, every, the, the day-to-day operations with my clients. So even if they're in a great spot and they're successful, um, you know, they, they may become stagnant and that's something that we absolutely don't want as a CSM. So having those success plans can play a big role in consistently driving success and consistently seeing wins and growing in the tool, which is really what we want to focus on with those larger clients. So it's kind of a spectrum as to to how you can use success plans, but there's a wide variety of situations where they can be really, really effective. Fine, that's that's certainly cleared up a few things for me. So would you, um, how, is there maybe a difference between success plans and like a mutual engagement plan? Are they kind of part and parcel, would you say? Yeah, I mean, th- those are definitely both useful. I think when I hear engagement plan, it's a little bit more of a plan as to how we'll work together or what you can expect right. from okay. the CSM. Mm-hmm. And the success plans are a little bit more customized to 
you know, what are your end goals and what needs to take to get there? How are we going to get there? And kind of coming back to those goals. So a little bit more on the planning and execution phase. Okay, right. And that, okay, thank you for that. Because I was wondering about that. Um, I don't know if anyone else listening will be as well. Um, so I was quite, I was quite curious to know, like, you mentioned a few of the expected outcomes of having a, a success plan in mm-hmm. place. But would you say, you know, have you, what kind of, let me rephrase that, like, what are the, what, what would you say the, like, the big outcomes of having versus not having one? Would you say, and because you, you touched on saying yeah. a bit for every client, like, and how mm-hmm. do you determine that? So that's, that's like a lot of questions in wrong. So like, <laughs> what, what, you know, what are the expected outcomes of having one in? And also, yeah. um, how do you, how do you decide on who gets one and who doesn't? Well, that, that's a great question. And I think, you know, you, you want to allow a little bit of sort of creativity and, and your intuition will kind of know um, where where it's appropriate or where it will have the most value. Like I mentioned, if there's something that's really important to you and you really want to see success in this project or for this client, that would be a great opportunity to use one. Um, some of the expected outcomes that we can expect from having a success plan, um, I'll, I'll, I'll list off three. And I think those will help clear things up as to when we might want to use one. Right, okay. So one of the first expected outcomes is alignment. Um, and that's meaning all the stakeholders, both internal and external, will be aligned on our next goals and milestones. And sometimes that can be trickier than you think. If, if your client isn't a great communicator or they're not necessarily opening up, um, or if you feel like you're just on two different levels, having that success plan written out, documented, extremely clear, and really having both parties sign off on it, whether that's literally or, or just <laughs> unofficially signing off on it can really make sure that we are on the same page and we are working towards the same goals. So I think that's a big one. So if you have a client where you just feel like you're not on the same page, that can be a great opportunity to have a success plan. Um, And then another one here is having measurable results. And this can make your your EBRs easier and more effective. So if you are running, whether that's an EBR or a QBR, um, where you're regularly getting together to talk about the value of the software, you know, where they're at, you know, proving that value. If you set measurable results and then you met those results, <laughs> well, that makes your job really easy because you can say, hey, you know, last year, last quarter, we set out to do all these goals and guess what we did it. Um, you know, that's that's a great win, both for you and your client, because they can then take that to their boss and say, hey, yeah, like we set these goals and, and we met them. Um, so it can just make things more simplified and and get you some really quick wins with your client having those goals. Interesting. So would you say, I mean, you don't have to say, but would you say that again, having a success plan would be beneficial for, you know, things like upselling and cross-selling, you know, if you can have got demonstrated, demonstrated, you know, they're um, achieving value, they're, you know, they're hitting their, hitting their targets. Would you say in that case, having something clearly defined is way better if you want to you maybe expand their account rather yes. than not having one in place. Totally. And even if that's not necessarily your like goal or like yeah. what you're looking to do, if you're seeing that value and your and your client is growing and they're seeing success, then expansion and renewals will come organically. Um, so yeah, that's another great outcome of having that success plan and and sharing those results and utilizing the progress that you've seen within the success plan. Mm, great. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So let's just take a step back and think about 
the sort of the effects of success plans on customers. So could mm-hmm. you could you maybe walk through the process of rolling out a customer success plan with like your clients and mm-hmm. sort of how you how do you involve them in the sort of creation process? Like I'd like just quite like to, you know, hear it how, you know, because I imagine it's it's one thing to create you know, we all create plans and processes internally, you know, with, with our mm-hmm. own, projects. but it's a very, it's another thing to do it with, you know, a client, cause you've got to, you know, you've got to feature their ex, what they want, their expectations, yeah. what they, you know, what they did determine product value is. Um, and it's, yeah, it's quite, it's obviously, it's a different thing when you've got a client involved rather than like an, it's just a regular internal process or plan. So would you maybe be able to like talk us through how, yeah, how you, how you walk through the the process with a, with a client and how you involve them? Yeah. And, you know, I think this having the success plan is something that can start quite organically and and naturally because it really does start with that discovery phase and just asking questions, which everyone is going to be doing anyway. So, you know, it's not like you need to have this big kickoff of when you're going to start having the success plan. Um, Really just kind of it happens naturally from you asking those questions. And when we talk about involving the customer, um, that is a really key piece. And we really want to do view this as a collaborative process. It's you and the customer both involved. And I think it can get a little bit tricky because there's definitely a balancing act where you're balancing your own objectives and your own goals that you want to see the client do. But really a big focus is the client themselves and, and what they want to do. What are their goals? What really matters to them? So we have to balance both of those. Um, but I do think we really want to focus on the client and customizing our process to where they're at. So I think there's a couple things we want to be um, cognizant of, and that can be just the, the, the client personality, their current situation. And what I think can be really important is where they're at in the customer journey. Now, customer journey is a big kind of loaded term. And I think if it hasn't already, it should be its own podcast um, kind of going through that. But, you know, I'll, to, I'll just sum up, sum, summarize it really briefly is that the client has very different things to focus on depending on where they're at in the customer journey. So if they're in the middle of a technical implementation, they have a de- very different focus than if they're in the adoption phase and they're trying to roll it out to their end users or if they've, they've done that com- successfully and now they're kind of in a, just a, a steady eddy phase and, and wanting to see that continuous success. Your success plans will look different depending on where they're at. So just keeping that in mind and and sort of tailoring your success plan to where they're at and what they're focused on and and what they're looking to achieve. I was wondering off the back of that, um, because you said, you know, it's ultimately it's ultimately down to the client, you know, what their success Mm -hmm. plan looks like. Have you ever maybe you haven't ever found, but how, how would you approach this if you haven't? Have you ever found uh obviously a customer that just wants to just like absolutely <laughs> dive in and you maybe don't think it's the best they're going at the best pace like maybe they're just mm-hmm. they're wanting to be here like it's probably not mm-hmm. best for a podcast but you know they want to be at a certain place <laughs> but they're yep. you think they're actually going to be maybe a bit further behind but then they're like no I want to get I want to be doing mm-hmm. this at this point and you just maybe think that they're missing a lot I don't know how would you go totally. about I guess it's kind of like I guess that's more managing expectations. I mean, more of a mutual engagement plan, but yeah, you know, it's still managing kind of yeah, expectations. Yeah, yeah. I think you you partially answered your own question there. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a expectation yeah. management, which is an extremely important skill, and I think it's something that CSMs are going to pepper through everything they do. 
Um, so I've had both cases. I've had clients that are overly ambitious and, or, or maybe not even that, but they don't quite understand the hurdles that they'll have to go through. Mm -hmm. They're not understanding how difficult it can be. Um, that can, that can be a big one. And so navigating that, um, I think, I mean, you want to harness their enthusiasm and if they're enthusiastic and they want to get there, then you're in a good spot. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would kind of just leverage that enthusiasm, but, you know, make sure that they understand some of the difficulties that they will have to work through. And you do want to be in a spot where you're almost like, the goal is to kind of um, under promise and over deliver is, mm -hmm. is a better situation than having their expectations set really high. Mm -hmm. Having, if you set these goals in your success plan that are unattainable, you're really not setting yourself up for success, you know, yourself. So you want to make sure that the goals are attainable and realistic. And I think the clients will appreciate that if you kind of, mm -hmm. if you can explain it in a clear way as to why it may not be. Okay or just pushing the timelines out. So you're still gonna attain it, but it will take a bit longer. I think that's very reasonable. And I think that's a, if that's a good place to be in. I've also experienced the other end of the spectrum where it can be hard to motivate them. Mm -hmm. They may, I, I, I've a couple of times been in a situation where we'll be trying to talk about, you know, what are your next goals? What do you wanna achieve? And they'll say, oh, you know, we're happy. Like, we're, we're good. <laughs> Things are going well. Stagnating, and, essentially, and, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's a trickier spot to be in. Mm. Um, but it's definitely one of the um, challenges that you can come up with when, when you're aiming to, to do a success plan with them. Okay, cool. Interesting. So how would, you know, in those situations, go off topic a bit, how would you motivate them? You know, would you show them different parts of the product that they might not have explored? Um, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're going to have to. So first is the self-awareness of realizing that, okay, they're in a steady state. They're mm -hmm. not super motivated to change. Um, and so keep that, keep that in mind and how you approach your engagements will change a little bit. I think you want to really um, hone in on your discovery questions, mm -hmm. um, really asking some advanced questions that will open the doors to some of the pain points that they may be experiencing that Maybe they've just accepted, they, they think it's a normal way of life, but actually you could improve their day-to-day -day and you could improve their job through your software. So being able to be a bit creative and, and finding those pain points um, and then just motivating them. So I think one um, strategy that I like to use is just saying examples of other clients that I've worked with where, oh, they've done this and now you know, they're able to accomplish X, Y, Z because of it. It almost creates a bit of FOMO, which I hate to say mm -hmm. it. I mean, that sounds kind of negative. But, you know, just showing previous successes yeah. that you've had and that they could accomplish it too. So kind of kind of motivating them in that sense. Mm, okay, thank you. That's interesting. Um, and it makes a lot of sense because I wanted to also, I kind of wanted to ask for this about, for some, imagining somebody, you know, new to creating success plans, um, you know, what steps should they be take to get started? Um, you know, how can they make, mm -hmm. you know, for someone just introduce, you know, they hadn't, haven't implemented these process before what sort of steps can they should they take and how to how can they make the process accessible mm -hmm. also for their clients you know um yeah definitely and we do want to make it easy for the clients so for someone who's just starting out with success plans maybe you've never ran one before you want to start for me i think the most important piece of it is to really understand the why behind it don't just do it because I told you to, <laughs> or because your manager told you to. It's really important to understand like how this will be valuable to you and your client. Why are we doing it? And, and you know, what are those values? And, and that's what we're talking about in this podcast. But 
really just kind of understanding that why will help to, to guide you in the right direction. Um, and then the other one, the pitfall that you want to avoid is don't overwhelm yourself by trying to make a success plan for every client. Mm. Um, if you have a large portfolio, it may not even be feasible ever to have a success plan for all your clients. But as we, as we talked about, you do kind of want to prioritize and mm. find a, a, a few certain situations or a few clients to get started with and start small and, and get some small wins before, you know, trying to overwhelm yourself. So those are kind of my two um, <laughs> tips there for, for starting. Um, and the next is to find a template online that you like. Don't feel like you need to recreate the wheel or create your own success plan from scratch, although you totally can if you want to. Um, but there's actually a lot of resources out there. So I would go online, try to find a template to start with, um, and then just run with it. One that I like is uh, Success Hacker has a one-page success plan. Um, it's pretty simple. It's maybe got like six or seven sections kind of all on one page. And um, I find it really easy to use because it kind of just shows you like, where are your gaps of information? What kind of questions do you need to ask? What information do you need in order to complete it? And then you can just roll from there. Now their PDF, it is branded with Success Hacker, which I don't really feel comfortable sharing <laughs> with my clients. So I just transposed it into my own, which really didn't take that long. Um, and that's what they show in their example as well. But I recommend that one. But really, if you just Google um, success plan templates for CSMs, I think Tatango has a couple. Um, you'll be able to find some. And that's where that's where I would recommend starting. And then just roll with it. Because like I said, it really just starts with discovery, which you should be you know, doing on, on your calls anyway. Um, and then once you have that information, that core information that you can start with, then we want to move to the sharing phase and really sharing the success plan with the client, getting their input on it and working on it collaboratively. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, I was kind of wondering also, because um, we talked a bit about how to different, you know, how to choose which clients to create a success mm -hmm. plan for, but how do you, um, you, know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not quite sure the back, you know, the type of clients you have, um, but mm -hmm. how would you necessarily tailor your approach for like a would you or would you at all for like a startup versus more like a an enterprise style company and how would that be reflected maybe mm. in their customer success plan you know I guess it's down to you know their needs are different yeah do you mean like if my client was a startup yeah, or yeah. an enterprise yeah yeah and actually I work with both currently and I don't think I'd, I'd tailor it too much I do think the enterprise clients are much more used to the process and Okay. they'll be maybe more expecting you to take this very structured approach and having those measurable goals. Um, so they'll be a little bit more maybe used to that type okay. of engagement. But I think it's really, really valuable for both. Um, and so really, I'm just tailoring it more so to where the client is at in their customer journey versus mm -hmm. the type of company they are. Okay, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. But I guess maybe for a startup, and um, maybe they're not they might not be as used to maybe there'll be a bit more not handholding but you know there might be a bit more mm -hmm. having to walk them through a bit more yeah yeah and yeah i think so um and it could be almost slightly more casual for a startup um and for the, the other thing to keep in mind is that startups goals can change quickly mm, <laughs> they're course, a bit more agile um and so you know success plans are really great for them um but you do have to be open to, you know, things can change and maybe their goals totally change. So <laughs> keep that yeah. in mind and, you know, keep asking them, you know, is this still relevant? Is this still what we're working towards? Is this still the number one priority? Things like that. 
Interesting. Yeah. Oh, sounds spot on. Thank you. Um, and I know that, um, so I know you mentioned the discovery phase. I know mm-hmm. listeners will want probably as much as mu- many, you know, actionable pieces of advice as possible. Um, yeah. So in your experience, what would you say are the best ways that they can collect this, you know, CSMs can collect this information they need to create like a really, really effective success plan? You know, I'm thinking, you know, in the mm-hmm. discovery area, what kind of, what types of questions do they need to ask? You know, are there certain things that, you know, that you may have like, you know, you might've been like a few, few weeks down the line and be like, oh damn, I wish, I wish I'd, <laughs> I wish I'd asked that. Or, you know, like how yeah, hindsight is an annoying thing, isn't it? But what, yeah. kind of, what are the best kind of ways to, you know, to get as much, uh, information about the yeah I mean this is such a crucial phase and if if you do ever feel like oh I should have asked that question you know it's never too late (laughs) you you can always ask it later um so you know and and I've I've definitely been there so you know definitely don't be afraid to ask those questions or don't be afraid to feel like you're gonna look dumb by by asking those questions I think that's what a lot of CSMs and junior CSMs can be afraid of um but I really don't think that should be your concern really we should be trying to get them to to open up and, and learn as much as you can. So I think it just as your core principles, you know, you need to be really curious. You need to dig deep. And I think you probably need to ask like twice as many questions as you think <laughs> would be appropriate or, or you think you need to ask. I'm always trying to push myself where it's like in my mind, as soon as I'm like, okay, I think I've asked enough question. I'm like, no, now we got to ask two more. <laughs> I think it's a, <laughs> it's a good thing to get into. It will make you a better CSM. Um, and then we, we, I do have a list of questions that we will get into, but I also just wanted to mention that, you know, if we jump on a call with a client and we just start asking them a, a, a list of questions and we're not necessarily being, you know, responding to their answers, we're just trying to get through the questions. That's not a good space to be in. And it may, you know, your client may not open up as much as they would like to. We do want to be in a spot where we have, we are providing value to them. They are opening up. So if you have an existing relationship with them, you know, if you've recently provided value or had a small win, that's a great opportunity to to really dig deep and have some discovery questions. Or if you're meeting them for the first time, um, just make sure to do your research beforehand. So, you know, if you're meeting someone, I think ideally we want to know, let's say, how long they've been in their role. Look up on LinkedIn. This is really easy. Know where they came from, where they worked before. Try to ask them some questions about that, about their priorities. And if you have any notes from your coworker, whether it's an old CSM or an AE, just try to reference that to show the client that you are doing your homework and, you know, you are working hard. You're not just coming in blind with a bunch of questions. I think that can be really valuable. And and sometimes for new CSMs, they may kind of forget about that aspect of it. But it it does take those soft skills in order to get your client to really open up to Mm. get the answers that you want to see. But Grace, I do have a list of questions here and I kind of broke them up into like beginner, immediate and superstar and and a bonus one at the end. (laughs) (laughs) So let's run through these and um, yeah, we'll we'll kind of, we'll we'll talk about each of these questions. So for beginner, the first one I have here is um, what are your goals and priorities over the next three to six months? super basic. <laughs> I ask this question all the time. I mean, it, it, it's a good place to start and it's just a really easy way to for them to open up. I think the caveat here is that sometimes when you ask this question, clients will be very short-sighted. They're going to talk about what's on their plate today. They might talk about some issues they have with the software, a feature that they would love to see. Um, so if the, if the conversation goes in that direction, we do want to focus more long-term. 
you may say, okay, that's great. You know, really good information to know. What about your goals for 12 months? You know, push it out. So, you know, it's a really good starting place and we'll kind of see where the conversation goes from there. Um, another question I have here is, what is the number one reason you bought our software and have we met those needs? I think this can be a really good um, question. Now, you sh actually should be able to know <laughs> the number one reason they bought the software in if you have a CRM or if the AE ideally would have taken notes on this. Mm. So the even better way to approach this is saying, okay, reading our notes, I know that the reason you bought our software yeah. is X, Y, Z. Is that still true? And do you feel like those pain points have been addressed? That's the better way to say it. Um, but if you don't know, you know, just asking them that kind of question, it can really lead to what's, what's causing them pain and areas that you can focus on for improvement. And the last one I have here for the beginner section, um, it, it comes with a little bit of a, if you're doing a bit more of a presentation, but this is something that I've had a lot of success with. So I did want to bring it up. What I like to do is, especially when I'm meeting someone new for the first time, is I like to introduce my role as a CSM and sort of all the different ser services that I can provide or the way that I typically work with my clients. So I might say, you know, I can help you with consultation of the way that you're utilizing software. I can help you understand insights and statistics of your usage. I can help you with best practices because I work with so many other clients that use the software. I can do team training sessions if you feel that's needed. Or I can, you know, do demos of new features and make sure you're staying up to date with any, any new releases that we have. Then I'll stop and I'll say, okay, of all the services I just listed, is there anything that really stands out as being the most impactful way to support your team over the next three to six months? And I find I get really good answers. I get answers across the board. Everyone chooses something different. It forces them to at least choose like one thing <laughs> out of all those that they think is most important. And if all else fails, you know, based on that, I'll have some action items and next steps and and things that we can use to see success at least in the short term that sounds great okay so that kind of wraps up the beginner section um a couple i have a couple intermediate and now these are not more difficult to ask where they're a little bit more difficult is being creative with the answers and kind of seeing those answers and turning them into okay how can we help you meet success or, or how can we turn these into milestones so the first question I have is, what is the big, biggest success you've seen so far using our software? And, you know, this will be, it'll help um, illustrate what's important to them and what has made the biggest impact. And then you can see if there's any room to go even further on that or, or go deeper in that area. So I like that one a lot. It's also a very positive question. So it shines, <laughs> it shines the software in a very positive light and, and gets them in a good mood. So I like that. Um, and then the other one I have, it, it depends on research. So let's say you, you do some research on the organization and then you can tell your client, okay, I read on your company's website, there's this really strong initiative to blank, X, Y, Z. How is your department contributing to that goal? And this is just an example. I think it's a really good example, but really the whole point is asking questions that are, are about business outcomes and business goals that don't necessarily have to do with your software. I think sometimes we can become really focused on you know, what our service or what our product does for the client. And we're kind of ignoring that you know, they have this whole other work life. <laughs> like they focus on a lot of other stuff. They're busy. And getting to know pain points outside of how they interact with your product can really go a long way and is very, very important. Um, so making sure to bring those questions into your discovery as well. 
Okay. And now are you ready for the superstar questions? <laughs> Bring them away. Absolutely. Okay. Now this one I came across on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago and I love it. Um, it says, the question is to your client, how can I help you get promoted? Mm. Or an alternative, how can I help you look good in front of your boss? And, you know, this is a little bit bold. I think not everyone might feel comfortable asking this, but it's really going to get to what truly matters to them and what will help them see success um, and, and what will get them to love using your software. So I really like that question. If we wanted to focus a little bit more on the team, you know, we can say, how can our software help your department stand out as high performers? That's a little bit more team focused, a little bit softer. Um, so I really like those questions because I think the answers will be very unique and really just shine a light on what really matters to them. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. They were great. Thank you so much. And think... I've, I've got a, I've got a little bonus tip as well, because oh, it's something okay. like, like that other question, I've just been seeing a lot of success from this lately myself. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a lot about it. And I think this is a little bit more common for startups and scale-ups where I have always worked at. But if there's ever an opportunity um, at your organization where your product team, your marketing team, or your enablement team is conducting client calls and they're saying, hey, we want to talk to clients, you know, send us, send, send them our, our way if you mm -hmm. want to. Always send your clients <laughs> to these. I put a lot of effort in um, and I always, you know, try to round up the clients to go talk to our different departments because it, it's a win-win-win. I think the clients really open up in a lot of these calls mm -hmm. and you'll be able to learn a lot more from your clients just by either you know reading the notes or or if it's recorded um but and, and also it helps those departments for sure and it also gets your clients really what's what's the word you know they're they're a bit more committed and now they have skin in the game and they feel like it's a true partnership mm -hmm. you know not just that they're buying software so you know i i've i've done this recently and i've just learned a lot about my clients and I just found it, it was a big win. So that's my bonus tip. Yeah, <laughs> Somewhat related one. to customer success plans, but also just, just good to keep in mind uh, in general. Absolutely. It makes them feel like they're ex extra, you know, more valued by the company. They're part of it, that you you value yes. their opinion and rather, yeah, than exactly. some, rather than just some number on a spreadsheet of, you know, another client or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I pose it to the clients, because really it, like I'm asking for their time, I'm asking for 45 minutes of their busy day. It's mm. not always easy, but you know, I tell them that you can have a big impact actually on our direction as a company, you know, the way we're taking things, the way that we're going to build out new products. And so I think once I mentioned that a lot of clients do get excited about it and, and they're happy to take part. Oh, sounds great. Yeah. Really, really good, really smart way to do it. Oh, thank you so much, Mel. Um, unfortunately that's that's all we've got time for today and I really loved having you on the pod because it was such I think yeah like I said at the beginning it's such an important topic and I think mm -hmm. I hope this has answered mm -hmm. quite a, few, a lot of people's questions about best practices um when to do it who to do it with you know I think it's a yeah. it's a really 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 crucial topic um yeah no totally and and like we mentioned you know it's easy it's easy to bring in it is accessible and then you can keep leveling it up as, as you go and, and keep that keep that tool in your toolbox, you know, ready to use when needed. And it's it's going to help you out a lot in the long run. Such an important tool to have and one that I think most people should be doing. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. And um, yeah, anybody that wants to maybe reach out to you and uh, speak speak to you more about, you know, how to create a success plan, where would be the best place to, to speak to you on? Like yeah, too. definitely. I, I'm always happy to chat. Um, so my name is Melanie Moshi. You can add me on LinkedIn. 
um, and, and I encourage you to do so. And then just a couple notes that I did want to add. So I, I work for Gatekeeper. Uh, we're a very customer focused organization and we're completely self-funded too, which is unique in this in, in oh, economy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and, and we're hiring. So if you're interested in that, um, you can go to gatekeeperhq.com. We're always looking for, for good CSMs and high quality people in general. And then the last way to get a hold of me is that I run a side project called CSM Hired. And our whole mission is helping CSMs find their dream job. And so you can follow us on LinkedIn and you can message our LinkedIn page as well with any questions or if you want you know, resources, there's lots there and we can help you out with your uh, job search. Oh, sounds fantastic. So if anyone's looking for a new job, hit Mel up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like a great opportunity. Loads of, oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. well, oh I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure hopefully a lot of our listeners, well, you know, will find a lot of good, a lot of good things to come out for this episode. So thank you. Yeah, so much, I hope so Mel. too. No, oh. thank you so much, Grace. We'll thank talk you. again soon. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out our other episodes and go to the customersuccesscollective.com for even more customer success related content. You can also join our global community on Slack and you can find the link to that on the CSC website. But until then, see you next time.